0: Thanks for checking out the One Church podcast today. If you are new to One Church and want to learn more about us, you can always check us out at imonechurch.com. Now, here's Pastor Brian Sparks. How's everybody doing today? Come on, you doing good? You look fantastic. It's good to see every one of you. We've got some great things come on going on at One Church. We got community groups. Come on, if you're not in a community group, you are missing out. I love my community group, and uh, it is it is always great to get plugged in. There's so many cool groups going on, and you can always go and find out uh, more information at imonechurch.com slash groups. Get plugged in. Uh, there's a lot of groups that you can jump in and out of, and it totally works. Uh, and then there's others that are not that way. So, uh, but like my group, for one, you can't jump in and out of it. So uh, anyways, because I'm, I'm very uh, judgmental like that. <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, my name is Brian Sparks, lead pastor here at One Church. And before I get started today, come on, give it up for our One Church in Sulphur Springs. Text it. Love you, Sulphur Springs. And come on, while we're at it, give it up for everybody watching online. We're so thankful for you. If you're ever in the area, please drop by. We'll make you feel right at home. And so uh, we've got some great things happening uh, here at One Church. We, uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but we have been portable for four and a half years. And we have bought a building. Come on. And, uh... Got some great things happening there and it's going. Some of y'all got to go over last week and see that and uh, kind of do a walkthrough of the building. And, uh, and so, uh, what we're doing is we're believing God for, um, we, we're needing to do some work to the parking lot and uh, all of our money we've invested, uh, into the building, into the project. And, uh, and so y'all been incredibly generous there. And we've asked people to prayerfully consider giving $875 if they can do that. Uh, and we're believing 200 people to give $875, and uh, then we'd be able to do a crushed asphalt parking lot, have plenty of parking for everybody, and some of you might be like, that's just too much money, there's no way I can do that. Here's the thing, is what can you do? And, uh, I, and I think that it's one of the greatest things that you could ever invest in as a parking lot, because every person that pulls in there and parks, come on, you're a part of that. Yes. And so Crystal and I, uh, we, we've obviously, we give uh, uh, to, to that project and uh, we just believe that God's going to do great things because it's good seed, amen? And uh, so how do you do that? You can go, uh, if, you, if you're an online giver, uh, you can go online and you can uh, go to imonechurch.com slash give and you can do your, uh, you can go to Heart for the House and you can give that way. Uh, there's also, you can, if you use our Push Pay app, you can do that, Heart for the House. You can give in the bucket, you can mark it Heart for the House today and uh, we believe God for the money to come in today and uh, so some of you have already given and we thank you so much for that and uh, we're just believing God for the money to come in today and that way we can move forward with the project because here's the great thing, everybody say one month, say one month, one month from today we will have our first service in our building. Come on. So we want to have good parking, amen? So the, mark your calendars for the 17th. We've thought about everything. It's uh, spring break is uh, the, the 10th, and then the 17th, you can come back into a brand spanking new building, and uh, we're going to rock it, amen? And uh, so uh, I'm really excited about the building. And uh, and so, uh, yeah, just prayerfully consider that and see what God would have you do, and, uh, and whatever that is. Um, Then I, yeah, just right now, just real quick, just everybody, just bow your heads and close your eyes. And God, what would you speak to us? What can we give? I, I, what, what can I give? Lord, I thank you for every giver in this house. Thank you for your blessing being upon them. In Jesus' name, Amen. We're in a series called Uncommon Matthew 19. If you got a Bible, turn to Matthew 19. We're gonna read verse three through six, Matthew 19. Uncommon, we're talking about marriage and and, and I, I'm not committed to this yet, but next week you might be a little bit cautious because uh, it might get a little dicey in here. And uh, uh, I don't know how you can talk about uh, relationships and not cover the topic of adult-themed stuff. And so um, I'm trying to be very gentle and um, and and so we'll we'll. I'm I'm still I I'm thinking about it. So I'm not commit. I'm non-committal at this point because I'm just like I don't know about this. But uh, I think it's good. Here's the thing about that topic: is um, the world is not afraid to talk about it, but the church has become silent. And so what God has created, the world has defined. So. I can just preach it right now, y'all, and I'm just kidding. I wanted to give you a little bit of warning, because if you have kids, we have an amazing kids area, and if that's going to be a sensitive topic, obviously, we'll re- we will remind you next week, and uh, that way, if I decide to do it. You'll have to come back next week and figure out if I'm going to do it or not. Matthew 19, 3-6, uncommon, it says this, The Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Right? We've all thought that. And he answered and said to them, have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? This is Jesus talking. And he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. If you're taking notes today, which I hope you are, you can title this message, Uncommon Commitment. Uncommon Commitment. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from me. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd use me to speak to the hearts and the lives of your people. Let every life be changed. Let no one leave the same. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. You know, I love this, this passage of Scripture uh, because all throughout the Bible, uh, when, when you hear about marriage, the Bible says this, the two shall become one flesh. What, a, what an amazing picture of marriage, right? Two people becoming one flesh. That's romantic, and it's awesome, and it's amazing, and it's an incredible picture. But what the Bible doesn't tell you is that the becoming is hell. The becoming one flesh, because here's the thing is you've got two people from two different backgrounds with two different points of view, with two different uh, opinions, come on, and now all of a the sudden, these people are coming together, and when they come together, the Bible says the two shall become one. But here's the thing is is that becoming process happens, and as it happens, the reason why divorce is so painful is because you have become one. And anytime you separate one thing from the other, there is a painful process. And I talked about it last week. Nobody wants to get divorced. Nobody says, man, I hope we barely, we barely make it six months. Nobody's out there. So if you're divorced in this place, I know don't, don't think that we're judging you or we're throwing rocks at you. Come on. The Bible says that old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Amen. So we just lay that down and we move on. Amen. And, uh, but, but, but here's the thing is, is that becoming process is hard. That becoming process is difficult. And and I don't think we ever really realize how hard it is until you get married. Now you might've been, y'all might've been together for a long time and you may be like, like y'all were, y'all were dating since high school. I know people that had dated since high school and that's cool, but there's something that changes when you get married. And all, the real, all of a sudden, you realize how annoying they are. Here's the deal is that it really is true that opposites attract, right? I mean, opposites attract. And, and when opposites attract, that means that, that you have a different thought process than they do. And there's little bitty things that they do. Come on, because here's the thing is that, that, uh, that the people who are planners end up married to people who are free spirits. I just want to go with the flow. Somebody was telling me, well, one of my favorite things to do for vacation is we just get in the car and go. And I'm like, where to? And they're like, uh, we just, wherever we end up. I'm like, that is not a good vacation to me. I'm like, I want to have an agenda, at least some idea of what's going on. But here's the thing is that that's what happens. You're, you're a planner and you're married to a free spirit. Come on, spenders end up married to savers and you want to buy everything and they won't let you. Huh? We got procrastinators who are married to people who can't be on time to save their life. And they, there's all these different things that happen, and, and it's these little bitty differences that are big. Yeah. Yeah. They become big problems if we're not careful. My uh, wife and I, when we first got married, uh, I had a very specific way of doing things, because I had a mom who was uh, OCD, <laughs> And uh, she is a lot better now. She's way chill. Uh, but whenever uh, she's there in the, in the audience right now, she's right here on the front row. But uh, she was abusive. Very abusive woman. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, she, she, was, she had a particular way that she liked to do things. And so she made me do the things that she liked done a specific way. And so when I married Crystal, she had a particular way that she liked to fold towels. We like to call that the wrong way, (laughs) and I had a way that I like to fold towels, which is the right way, and when you think that is such a little thing, but it was a big thing. She, I don't know what, how it's even possible, but now, now thank God for the, like the pop caps, but when we used to, I think she would just open a a thing of toothpaste and throw the cap in the trash. Like, couldn't find the cap for anything. And I was like, where's the cap? Like, where's the cap at? It needs to, because I like neat toothpaste, right? She doesn't care. And here's the thing is that it really doesn't matter at the end of the day, but those, those little differences, if we're not careful, can become unreconcilable differences. And if we're not careful, the thing that attracted us can be the very thing that separates us, because opposites do attract, but opposites can also separate. And if we're not careful, we got We got to get this thing, and we got to say, you know what? Here's the. Here's. I'm gonna just help some of you. You need to pick your battles. Not everything is worth fighting over, right? And if you're not willing to give ground, come on, come on. Don't y'all just look straight at me? You're, some of y'all are like, I'm about to nudge, Don't you nudge him. You gotta you got to get to a place to where you go, you know what, it's not worth it. It's not worth fighting over, it's not worth, and, and some of you are so hard-headed that you won't give any ground. It's always your way, and if it's always your way, then guess what? You're not, you're not in the marriage, it's, it's not, you're not give and take, it's my way or the highway. And we gotta to get to this place to where we give and we take, amen? Uh, Romans 12:2 There's got to be a better way. And I love this. Romans 12:2 says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, and listen to this. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect." I love that because every one of us want relationships that are good pleasing and perfect, right? We don't wanna eat by, we don't wanna just barely, come on, we don't wanna just stay married, we wanna be happily married. And and if we want to be happily married, then we have to change our view because this passage is saying there's a world's way of doing things and there's God's way. And the world's way and God's way are completely different. They're not the same, it's just not the way it works. And so you have to begin to change the way you think about the systems and, and what marriage is and the way it looks. And when you begin to change the way you think, all of a sudden, and you say, God, I want you to change the way I think about marriage. I want you to change the way I think about my spouse. Then all of a sudden, things begin to get better and better in our marriages. How is the world's way different from God's way? The world's way, and I think they have a graph up here, the world's way says this. It says to find the right person. The world's way says find the right person. I'm just looking for my soulmate, right? Right? I just got to find the right person. I got to find the perfect person for me. I got to find, I, I mean, that's what I'm looking for. The second thing it does, is says this, to fall in love, right? Because uh, love is something that we fall into, yeah. right? It's like a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, love is something that we fall into like a pool and out of like a chair, right? It's something that here today, it's gone tomorrow. We, we, we find the right person and then we fall in love because that's what the world tells us to do. And we talk, talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago that, that it, honestly, anybody can fall in love. It only takes a pulse, right? Fall in love. And here's the thing. The third thing is fix all your hopes and dreams on them. They got to make me happy. Come on, you complete me. You make me a whole person, right? All of my hopes and dreams are on you. I hope you're up to the task. I hope you can make me happy. All my hopes and dreams are on you. No pressure. Number four, if failure occurs, repeat steps one through three. Fine. Sorry, I'm flashback. Yeah, sorry. Repeat steps one through three, right? If failure occurs, then I guess I picked wrong. Wow! So I got to find the right person because they were the wrong person. And then I got to fall in love. And then I got to fix all my hopes and dreams on them. And then when they can't actually meet all those hopes and dreams, failure's bound to happen. So guess what? Here we go again. Come on. Come on. There's got to be a better way. The world's ways broke. It's a flawed system, but God's way says this. Listen to this. I love this. God's way says, become the right person. You become the right person. You don't find the right person. You become the right person. You say, you know, here's the thing is I'm not, I want to be everything that God has called me to be before I meet the right person, before God brings. See, here's the thing is, is that when you make a decision that I'm going to become the right person, then God can bring the right person to you. Some of you are, sometimes you can pray for something that even if it came into your life, you wouldn't be ready for it. You wouldn't even be ready for it. Become the right person. I'm bringing something into the relationship. I, I, I've got it all covered. I'm, I'm, I am the right person. Here's this, number two, says this, to put on love. I don't fall in love. I put it on. It's not something, it's not a ditch, come on. I put it on on a regular basis. I make a decision. It's a decision that I make that I I made to Crystal a long time ago. It's that I, on a daily basis, when I feel like it and when I don't feel like it, when everything's going good in my life and when it's not going good, every day I wake up and I put on love. Why? Because God says this, it's a decision that you can make. It's not something that you fall into. It's a decision that you make. I love Colossians uh, 3, 14. It says, and overall, these virtues put on love love which binds together in perfect unity you want a crazy uncommon marriage learn to put on love learn to make a decision that i'm going to put it on on a regular basis i'm going to put on love number three god's way says this fix all my hopes and dreams on god Come on, I go back to this. You're trying to get a person to fill your needs that only God can fill. You're trying to say, God, I need you to give me affection. I need you to give me attention. I need you to give me respect. I need you to get, I, I need you to meet every need I have. And then when you do all of that, then I'm happy. But here's the thing is they cannot, they can meet some of those needs, but they cannot meet all of those needs. And you're, you're putting your, all your, you, I say, God, I'm going to put all my hopes and dreams on you, not on somebody. And when I fix my hopes and dreams on God, it changes the way I see my spouse. Number four, if failure occurs, just repeat steps one through three. If failure happens, if things aren't going good in my marriage, guess what? Then I need to go back and say, am I the right person? I need to go back and say, am I putting on love? I need to go back and say, have I misaligned myself and, and gotten some things out of order? And am, am I putting my hopes and dreams on my spouse or are, are they on God? And when we begin to do this, we begin to have uncommon marriages. See, God treats marriage completely different than the world treats marriage. You read the Bible and there's, it's a completely different system. Because the world treats marriage like it's a contract, God treats marriage, not like it's a contract, but it's a covenant. There's a massive difference between these two things, between contracts and covenants. Now, everybody in here has probably signed a contract. Come on, you know, when you sign a contract, you get super nervous. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Come on, when I bought my first house, I was freaking out, man. (laughs) Now it's like, whatever. (laughs) Right, but no, contracts are one of these things that you go... It's it's a nerve wracking thing, but contracts and covenants are completely different. A contract says this: as long as you hold up your end of the bargain, I will hold up my end. As long as you do what you're supposed to do, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. As long as you keep doing everything that we agreed to, then I'll do everything that I agreed to. But the moment you stop, I stop. The moment you quit. I quit. Now then all of a sudden it's null and void. I don't have to do my end because the contract is over. A covenant says this, for better or worse, for richer or poorer, in sickness and in health, for as long as we both shall live. There's, a, it, there's the, the, this massive difference between contracts and covenants because, because we, got, we got these people that say, you know what? As long as you do what you're supposed to do, I'll do what I'm supposed to do. But the moment you stop, I'll stop. You're living in a contract. Yeah, that's good. And every one of you that are married in this place, you said, for better or worse, for richer or for poorer, unless you made up your own vows like a hippie. Just kidding. Even then, you probably said them. I always like to say this, hold on to anybody who's getting married. I always like to say, is there anything like, let's get them right. So if it's not for richer or for poorer, as long as you're rich, like we're good. Like, let's go ahead and make it as long as you stay loaded. Like, let's go ahead and make it right. Right. I mean, we're, we're doing this thing. We can, we can fix it for richer, for poor. That's what a covenant says. A contract can be renegotiated. A covenant has no terms and conditions. It has no terms and conditions. It's not something that you renegotiate. It's something that you committed to. A contract is based on mutual distrust. I'm not sure if you're going to do what you say, so I'm going to need you to sign this. So I have a legal document and I'm going to need you to sign too, because I'm not sure. A covenant is based on mutual commitment. I'm committed to you, yes. and you're committed to me. Yes. This is the way we're gonna live. Now, here's the thing is before I move on, before I go into this, I know this is a little bit of a heavy word, but it's good. There, is, there are extreme cases, okay? I'm not living in those extreme cases. If you're in an abusive relationship, get out, okay? I, I mean, we're not living in those extremes. I, 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 God can work on your marriage from afar, amen, Keep yourself safe, uh, but but here's the thing: is we're not we're not living in those extremes. I'm talking about the people who are married in here that are you're in a committed relationship. Come on, this is this is okay. We're all on the same page. I just want to make sure. Mark 10 verse 9 says, "Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Let no one, let nothing." Make a decision that I'm committed to you and that you're committed to me. And when we begin to live our lives that way, then, then all of a sudden things begin to change in our relationships. How do we do this? How do we live committed relationships? How do we have committed marriages? How do we, how do we really commit to one another? It's pretty simple, really. It's, we remember that sowing and reaping applies to our relationships, not just our finances sowing and reaping does not just apply to one area of our life because you know you see it over and over again the bible talks about sowing and reaping but but we remember that it applies to every area of our life it it applies to our relationships as well as our finances galatians six seven through nine says this do not be deceived god cannot be mocked a man reaps what he sows whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Uncommon commitment. It's an uncommon commitment. I don't give up on you, and you don't give up on me. If we want to have uncommon marriages, then we must remember a couple of things, right? You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Not just financially, but in your relationships. I, I love, uh, my dad My dad told a story about a, uh, a woman who decided that she wanted a divorce. She went to her pastor. She said, I, I'm tired of this man. I hate everything about him. Can't stand him. He just makes me sick when he walks in the room. He was like, okay, that's heavy. But... He goes, she goes, I'm gonna gonna file for divorce. And he said, wait, 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 wait. I got an idea. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna go home and you're gonna treat him like a king. And she's like, no, I can't stand this dude. Why would I do that? She said, no. He said, just hear me out, just hear me out. Go home and make his favorite meals. Come on, keep the house clean. Put on the lingerie that he likes. Come on, do everything that he likes and make him feel like an absolute king. And then you get about a month in of doing this, and then drop the hammer on him. Tell him, I want a divorce. That's going to be way more painful than if you do it now. Come on. Because he's going to get used to you treating him like a king. And now all of a sudden, you're going to drop the hammer. He's not even going to see it coming. She goes, ooh, I like that. Come on. You don't want to mess with women, right? You don't want to mess with a woman. I like that. She went home. She did exactly what her pastor said, because that's what people do. She started treating him like a king. She started doing everything that she used to do that she doesn't do anymore. And she started doing all of these things. And, and about a month later, uh, her pastor saw her and, and the husband wasn't with her. And he said, Oh, did you get, did you file for divorce? Is it over? And she said, No. She said, whenever I, whenever I started treating him like a king, he started treating me like a queen. And our marriage has never been better than it has been today. I'm happier in my marriage. And and the the pastor just kind of smiled. Here's the thing, is that you cannot get away from the principle of sowing and reaping. You reap what you sow. It doesn't matter. Whatever you do it in, you will reap what you sow. It is a biblical principle. And God says, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he reap. And some of you are wondering, why am I not getting a good harvest in my marriage? It's because you're not sowing good seed into your marriage. Marriage, and you cannot reap what you do not sow. Can't reap it. Can't get away from it. If you don't like what you're getting, then you need to look at what you're giving. Well, she just needs to be better. Could it be that you just need to be better? This is fun. You're going to get through this, Brian. Thanks. appreciate it. Pep talk. Pep talk. I love what Crystal said a couple of weeks ago. She said, think of three things that you would like to change in your spouse and then change them in you. Let me ask you this way. Are you the spouse you want your spouse to be? Are you the spouse you want your spouse to be? Are you still doing the things that you used to do? Or have you gone on autopilot? Are you still bringing her flowers? Writing her love notes, going on dates? It's quiet in this church. <laughs> some of you are you guys some of you guys are like I will find you in the parking lot. Just give me a run and start. Huh? Girls, come on. Same, same thing applies. Are you still doing the things that you used to do? Does he go to bed lonely more than he goes to bed happy? Okay. Whew, I'm just going to preach this way. Number two. Number two. Red, can you get back here? We can just have church. Red's getting married. Come on, Red. Number two. First thing is you reap what you sow. Number two, you reap where you sow. You reap where you sow. You cannot sow a seed in one field and expect to harvest in another. No no farmer ever goes, you know what? I'm going to plant in the north field and hope I get something in the south field. Because wherever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. You plant an apple tree here, it's going to come up here. It's not going to come up over there. And some of you, you got to know that I'm going to reap a harvest where I sow. And if all of my attention and desire and affection goes to my job, it might make my career better, but it won't make my marriage better. If all of my attention goes to my hobby, all my free time goes to my hobby, then guess what? I might be happy, but my marriage isn't going to be happy. My spouse isn't going to be happy because here's the thing is where I sow, the grass is not greener on the other side, the grass is greener where you water it. And you cannot reap a harvest where you have not sown. And and so what I sow is just as important as where I sow. And so if I wanna have a happy, healthy marriage, then I need to make sure that I'm sowing healthy seed into my marriage. I'm doing the things that I know that I'm supposed to do. Some of you are wondering like why, let me just say this, I, I, I grew up in a home with two women who, their love language was gifts. So I gave. Find something nice for my mom or my sister, and I'd give, 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 give. And then I married Crystal. And I gave, and gave, and gave, and gave. And she was fine with it, but I didn't get the same Outcome that I did when I gave to my mom and my sister. And then I found out that her love language isn't gifts. Her love language is acts of service. So if I wash her car, it's like I gave her something good. She also likes words of affirmation. So she always says, wash my car and tell me I'm beautiful. Some of you... You're working harder at your job to provide more money thinking that it's going to make her happy, thinking it's going to make him happy. And the truth is, is they're not happy and you're going, what's the problem? You're giving them something they don't want. They don't want more money. They want more of you. Where you sow. Where I sow is just as important as what I sow. So I'm gonna sow into my marriage if I want a healthy marriage. I'm gonna sow into that relationship. I want an uncommon marriage. Man, I've got so much to go. Your marriage will only be as good as you decide it's gonna be. I know that you probably don't believe this, but Crystal and I have had a few arguments. Everybody laughs at that, but I actually had somebody who was like, if y'all fight... There's no hope for our marriage. Listen, we were people long before we were pastors. And she's a little bit crazy, so. The truth is, is that she gets on my nerves sometimes. I would say that I get on her nerves, but you're not supposed to lie in church, so. I am perfect. Everybody believe that, said amen. A bunch of traitors. But here's the thing is, is that in the arguments, in the fights, in the difficult times, I don't waver. You want to talk about an uncommon marriage? Let them know you have an uncommon commitment. And I'm not walking out on you when things get hard. I'm not gonna walk out on you when things get difficult. If you walk in and you grab your spouse by the hand in a difficult situation and say, listen, I know we're working some stuff out. I know that it's not going great, but I want you to know that I'm not gonna leave you. I'm not gonna walk out on you. I'm not going anywhere. I am committed to this relationship. And however long it takes for us to work this out, I'm committed to you. You wanna talk about something that brings security to a marriage. She knows that I'm not leaving her. I just got her trained right. Here's the thing. Great marriages aren't centered around feelings. Great marriages are centered around commitment. Centered around commitment. You got to get to a place to where you're committed to your spouse. I love this quote. I don't know who said it, but it says, Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the mood you set it in left you. You're standing at that, uh, you're standing at that uh, altar and you're saying, oh, for better or worse. Commitment is saying when it's difficult, when it's hard, when things are going bad, for better or worse, for richer, for poorer. I don't feel like it have people say, well, Brown, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like loving. I don't feel like investing. I don't feel like it. Let me just ask you this question. What area as an adult of your life do feelings control you? I don't feel like going to work. I hope you don't feel like eating. <laughs> I don't feel like raising my kids. Guess what? You had them. I don't feel like it. I don't feel like paying my bills. Well, I hope you like dancing in the dark. Huh? I don't feel like it. The truth is, there's no other area in life has this fit where feelings apply. I don't care what your feelings say. Every now and then you gotta say, you know what, I'm gonna put on my big boy pants and it doesn't matter what I feel like. It doesn't matter what emotion I'm in. It doesn't matter if I'm happy or if I'm sad. I'm committed to this relationship and my feelings don't play a part in it because I'm willing to say, you know what, I am committed to you. Here's the thing. You need to be the first to forgive. Some of you need to be the first to say you're sorry you need to be the first to make plans for a date some of you maybe you're in a really bad state in your marriage and you need to make the first appointment to see a counselor I'm not telling you to grin and bear it don't come to counseling for me I'm not a counselor I'm mean my dad's great at it but I'm not he loves it it's his favorite thing just talk to him here's the thing I'm committed to you I'm not leaving you be the first I know you don't feel like it be the first say I'm sorry what if I reach out and they don't reach back what if I tell them they love me and they say that they don't love me what if I love what Jimmy Carter said. He said, uh, he, he, says, he says this. He said, go out on a limb. That's where all the fruit is. Be the first. Let's have an uncommon commitment. Let's have uncommon marriages. Let's be uncommonly, let's not take on what the world says, but let's say, God, I want to take on you, the way you think. And I want to be committed to my spouse no matter what. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Lord, I pray right now for every marriage that's represented here. God, I pray that you would strengthen. Lord, for the marriages that are healthy and thriving, I pray that you would make them even better for the marriages that are barely surviving lord i pray that you would lord strengthen them no matter where they find themselves lord i pray right now that every person in here would walk out with an uncommon commitment to love their spouse in a greater way god to sow seed into our marriages god to to, to invest in our marriages Lord, I pray right now where forgiveness has ruled, Lord, I pray that you would, Lord, give them the grace to forgive. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can't do it in myself. But God, we can do it in you. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen every marriage. Every marriage. With every head bowed and every eye still closed, maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I don't know Jesus. Can I tell you about a God who has an uncommon commitment to you? He loves you, cares about you, has plans and a purpose for your life. Maybe you're in this place and you say, Brian, I need Jesus in my life. Maybe you're here and you say, Brian, I've never asked, or I've asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord of my life, but I'm not living like it. I, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. I'm not going to embarrass you. I won't call you forward. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Brian, that's me. I want you to pray with me. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up when I count to three. You put your hand right back down. We're going to pray a prayer together as a church family. say, Brian, that's me. I need Jesus in my life for the first time. One. Brian, would you pray with me? Two. Brian, today I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Three. Just slip your hand up and put it right back down. Amen. 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 I see those hands. Amen. Can we pray this prayer together as a church family? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Take my sin. And by your grace, I take your righteousness. I make you the Lord of my life. I give you all that I am. I hold nothing back. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Come on, give it up for every person. One Church, we aim to help you encounter Jesus. If this ministry has blessed you in any way, and you would like to contribute financially, you can go online to imonechurch.com slash give. If you chose to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior or rededicate your life to Him today, then you can text DECIDED to 33733 so we can celebrate with you. Thanks for listening, and have a great week.